Think of the difference between an iPhone video and a Sundance film. Camera audio versus a studio track. A novice or someone with experience. Sure, each has their place, but which will have maximum impact? Summer Shower Productions, a black-owned, woman-owned production company built to create valuable and inspirational content for you. Whether it's a promotional video, a short film, interviews, event photography, or utilizing our extensive editing and post-production tools to take your already captured content to the next level. We always bring creativity, integrity, and passion to every project we produce. So, consider Summer Shower Productions for your next project. Let's build something great together. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to episode 42 of the Be More Today's show. We're in season two, 2021 is here, and folks, welcome, welcome, welcome back. I'm just so happy to be here with you guys, and 2021 is here, 2020 is done. So happy about that, for one, and for two, super excited for this new season. I got a lot of fresh faces that I want to bring on the show for you guys to meet, and before I go into any of those uh, formalities. I want to say thank you so much for supporting Be More today. Um, we have been growing, growing, growing since 2014, and our mission has always been the same to highlight ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And today, my guest is no different. Before I get into that, uh, just continue to watch us and follow us on all of our streams. Uh, BeMoreToday.com has information about my book, about our podcast information, about our music, and our workouts. On YouTube, we have workouts we've been putting out every single day uh, to make sure you guys keep moving and stay active. Uh, as you guys know, January is here, so we've already started our Steps to Greatness Challenge for the month. Uh, we started January 1st with a, a 5K, a virtual 5K. We've been doing 40 days of workout. Um, moving forward, just making sure everybody keeps moving and grooving, uh, staying active during this time. So if you have not seen us, uh, go onto our YouTube page and just follow us, subscribe, 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 and continue just to stay active because it's the best way for us to stay healthy during these times. Uh, the Be More Today show is now heard in 30 countries. 30 countries, and that's all thanks to your love and support for this this movement. So if you do want to support us in any single way, you can go on our site and you can donate if you want, or just continue just to listen to our shows, subscribe on your phones and your iPads and your tablets, and just stay moving with us as we take this new year uh, by the horns and keep moving forward. My quotation for today is simple, as always, and it says, with the right mindset, we can't lose. We either practice what we've learned or we learn what we need to practice. Folks, I don't know about you, but this is a year where I'm going to work on the things that I'm not so good at. I think it's very easy for us to, like I said last year, to focus on what we do well. Uh, but to really start to get to the, the crux of what we need to do better, we have to look at what we're not doing well and get those things done. And it's not easy. It's a process that takes hard work. Um, and I remember when I was at Brown doing... Uh, triple jump and all these different activities there, practice was every single day. You had to really practice what you were not good at. You had to work on your craft. You had to hone your craft. I talk about it in my book, right? You have to really put time into these things. Some people say it's 10,000 hours, but sometimes it's even more than that to really be an expert in your field, whether it's at your job or it's on the, on the field. And you got to put work into that thing, but you will see progress. You will see change. It just takes practice. So get out there, practice your craft. Do you have a resolution for this year? I know you do. 
And I'm not even talking about things you want to stop doing. Just start doing something. Get out there and do something new this year, not just for everybody else around you, but for you, for you. So you can make sure that this year is going to be different than it was for last year. And my guest for today embodies that. Um, He is the epitome of practice. He is uh, someone who makes sure that he is in practice, but everyone around him also is getting their practice in. And his name is Ken Hunt. Now, Ken Hunt is uh, a coach, but he's more than a coach. He has joined Brown's coaching staff in 2012 and coaches the men's and women's horizontal jumps, vertical jumps, and multi-events. Hunt was promoted to the position of associate head coach of track and field and Rothenberg assistant coaching chair in September of 2020. Entering into his eighth season uh, in 2019-20, the Bears had made stellar improvements under Hunt's direction, highlighted by four NCAA All-Americans in each of the past four years. Hunt has coached five total All-Americans at Brown, as well as 47 performers onto Brown's University's all-top 10 lists, 10 school records, and 10 NCAA regional qualifiers. Hunt was named the Northeast Region's Women Assistant Coach of the Year by the U.S. Track and Field and Cross-Country Coach Association for the 2019 outdoor season. He guided his athletes to 51 of the team's 59 points at the Ivy League Championships and coached Carly Paul to the all-time Ivy League record in the heptathlon and was a national qualifier in the event. In addition, Hunt's long jumpers went one, two, and three at heps, and four long and one high jumper all advanced to the NCAA East preliminary meet, while the long jump squad ranked fourth in the nation. Hunt coached Carly Paul to an outstanding season in 27-18, But prior to that in Brown, Hunt spent the 2011-12 season at LSU, having a hand in the team's NCAA National Outdoor Track and Field Championship and 12 NCAA Indoor Qualifiers. Prior to his start at LSU, Hunt coached the sprints, hurdles, and jumps at Georgia Southern University during the 2010 season. His event group won four individual titles and scored 163 of the team's 184 points at the Southern Conference Indoor and Outdoor Championships. Every student athlete who competed in jumps recorded personal bests during the 2010-11 indoor season. As a result, Hunt was a finalist for the 2010 NCAA Southern Region Assistant Coach of the Year. Prior to his time in Georgia Southern, Hunt coached the Southern Illinois University Edwardsville, where his athletes set the SIUE records in the pentathlon, long jump, and pole vault. Hunt was also an assistant track and field coach at Marquette University. During his two years with the Golden Eagles, Hunt coached 10 Big East qualifiers and four NCAA regional qualifiers. Prior to his career in college coaching, Hunt led the track team at Rufus King High School in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In his four years as head coach at Rufus King, Hunt coached 100 all-conference athletes, 20 state champions, and 15 all-state athletes. He built the team from an initial roster of 45 to more than 150 participants. Hunt started his collegiate competition with the University of Wisconsin before finishing up at University of Milwaukee. Hunt finished his collegiate competition having set the University and the Horizon League indoor and outdoor triple jump records. Hunt has a bachelor's degree from University of Milwaukee in history and the USATF level two coaching certificate for jumps. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage my new friend and the coach of the Brown University track and field team, Ken Hunt. Coach Hunt, what is going on? Nothing much, nothing much. Thank you for having me um, uh, in this new year. So thank you for having me. Yes, sir. I've been, I've been following uh, from afar. And, you know, I actually, I came to um, 
when you guys competed at the Armory in the city, um, I forget what year that was. And, and sometime in the last five years, my daughter was with me. I came to the meet and, you know, Anne, who I love dearly, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, w- I was on the team from 99 to 03. I was captain for two years. I won uh, Indoor Ivy, Triple Drop Heps my, my senior year, 2003. And Anne is like my, my mom. She's my everything. Um, so she actually told me to look out for you. She told me, look, look for this guy. He's doing great work. Just follow him, see what he's doing. And I've been doing that ever since. And, and I, mm-hmm. I've been watching silently from afar on Instagram and social media. But I'm really impressed with the work you've been doing. Um, um, I admire your, your, your tact uh, and your skill with these with athletes. And, and you've been putting in work. You've been, they've been seeing results. And, and it's just really, really exciting to see uh, you come in here and just continue the legacy that, that Anne and that the coaching staff has, has set down from the jump. So I, I, I salute you. I applaud you. And I said, for 2021, I had to have you on the show just because I think <laughs> you're a killer for the program now. And uh, it's just great to see it. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I always start off with a little uh, check-in and see how everybody's doing. I know 2020 was insane, clearly, but we're in 2021 now. And I just want to know, you know, how you're doing, how your family is doing, um, and do like, a, I guess, like a COVID-19 check-in to see um, where you and your athletes are at this time. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, you'll find that I'm a, a pretty um, forward-looking individual, you know. Um, I always expect, um, challenges in life, you know, um, um, but when those challenges come about, we just, you know, you, you deal with them the best way you know how, and you move forward, you know, and, um, 2020 was no different, you know, um, presented a lot of challenges, um, um, obviously for the, the, the world, but, you know, everybody individually as well. Um, and I'm no, you know, exception to that rule, um, uh, I think um, a lot of things in 2020 is giving me a clearer perspective of the vision I need to have in 2021. Um, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason and um, trying to take from it what you need to, you know, like I said before, look forward and move ahead. So right now, you know, we're, 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 my family at least doing well. Um, me and my wife, we're expecting our first child in March. Um, um, so we'll have a, a, a young little girl, Marianne. Um, so that's uh, a blessing that's um, has been bestowed upon us and looking forward to that. Um, um, every one of my athletes and family and friends says she's going to have me wrapped around her finger, but you know, <laughs> we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Um, um, and then um, my family is uh, doing 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 okay. My immediate family, you know, we we had a few setbacks with my mom and dad this at the end of this 2020 uh, season, um, but we're going to overcome those. You know, we're going to look forward and we're going to draw positivity from it all. Um, athletes as well, um, being energized. And one of the one of my philosophies as a coach is to 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 give you the truth, <laughs> right? No matter what, I feel like you can still find motivation from being real, right? Um, and not kind of like it, like putting certain things, you know, downplaying it, you know. I'm like, oh, let's put it all on the front. Let's be honest, because you can you can get better plans if, every, if everything is on the table. So, um, same thing with the athletes, you know. Everybody's from different parts of the the country here, and um, they, they've been they've they've been my glue, right? You know, you need. You, you, 
as coaches so often we we get attached to a lot of the student athletes accolades but you know they they really bring a lot um of um needed um support needed love needed you know everything you know into this coaching so um so right now we're all uh, uh doing well on this end and looking for what's ahead of us well, I'm excited about your new addition to your family. Uh, I also have a daughter, and I'm told daily that I'm wrapped around her finger. Uh, so it's it's inevitable. Just get ready for it. It is what it is, and uh, <laughs> it's very exciting. It's very exciting. So I, I read your bio. I mean, you, your accolades are insane. Um, I'm just curious. I'm always curious when people start coaching. Um, where did the interest come from? I, I know you ran track and field. Um, talk a little bit about your experience running and, and how that translated to you wanting to be a coach. Yeah, so my, my interest in uh, coaching actually started when I started doing club track. Now, I didn't do, um, I didn't go off the track and field in high school until the end of my junior year. I was a football and basketball guy. And one year to uh, start of the season, football coach came up to me and uh, he also was taking on the, the, the track uh, responsibilities as well. I'm like, oh, you should, you know, come off the track. I said, what's that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is track and field? You know, never really oblivious. I was in my own little world, really didn't know. One of the oldest sports, you know, <laughs> that you can, can think of, I didn't know. So, um, but I, long story short, I ended up going out for it, um, for the team and, um, my first event that, you know, people, you know, when they trying some new people out, you know, it's throwing an event that's probably the least participated in. Right. <laughs> and that will be like triple jump. Exactly. So I went out there and I immediately fell in love with the triple jump. Um, now, interesting story. I always tell every, any of the athletes I, I, I have, any recruit that ever come across me that's done a triple jump, I always tell them this. My first triple jump ever. I'll never forget it. Because it was 33 feet <laughs> in three <laughs> quarters. <laughs> now, for those that don't do triple jump, you know, that's that's not that good, right? But my coach at the time, bless his heart, uh, Coach Wolf, um, he um he was really an English teacher, right? Didn't really know the triple jump. He came with me, oh, good job, you know, good job. You know, I actually felt pretty good for a second, right? <laughs> I feel pretty good. And believe it or not, conference was you know, the meet that was so bad that day that i actually made finals with that mess, oh, right wow. <laughs> so i i was going up because i left my gatorade so i went up to get my gatorade and i walked past the uh the girl's pit and this girl that went to the pit and she went uh, i think it was like 38 10 you know and some change and i was like what i immediately didn't even go get my gatorade went right back to my coach and said that girl just went 38 some feet he was like yeah they do that I was like, but you just told me my 33 feet was good, you know? So that right there actually started one of the philosophies that I was telling you about, about just giving me the truth. Mm. It, it wouldn't hurt my ego. It wouldn't hurt anything about me if you would tell me, well, we got some work to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you set a goal. Now, crazy story is, by that summer, I had qualified for uh, USATF, USATF Nationals, Junior Olympics, have him going 49-1. Hmm. So I picked up, man, this is how I got, I, you know, and I, I get, I said, can you just give me some books? Give me some videos. And, you know, back then it's VHS, right? Mm -hmm. So give me all this sort of stuff, right? And I literally, that's when I began kind of like 
studying the movements and motions. So when I look at video and I go over video of anything, I don't just try to look at it from a technical standpoint. I look at it from a sensational standpoint. What exactly made this person be feeling at this moment, right? So it's kind of like, that's what got me through. I would watch those videos because I can't go out there and see myself, right? I can't have out-of-body experience if we was, you know, we was dirt poor. So I ain't no cameras, you know, definitely not have no phone cameras, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I had to go based on sensation and feel, you know, what it felt like. So that 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 drove me a little bit. And then I started doing the club coaching a little bit. And I started early because I was still in high school because we didn't have a jumps coach for my club. So I was coaching athletes as I was still jumping, you know? And the collegiate aspect of coaching did not come to me until my freshman year in college at Wisconsin when I had uh, just absolutely awesome coaches and, and Coach Nutty Com and uh, Coach Nate Napier. So, uh, and they really drew that, that vision for me to start collegiate coaching. And there was kind of just like, how do you get into the, the world of collegiate coaching? Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's funny, you, uh, <laughs> I feel like we live very similar um, track experiences you know watching video uh because even Ann back in the day would just give me this this one vhs that i literally watched every single friday and it just <laughs> went through it was like a 15 20 minute video but just this one guy just showing you different phases of the triple jump how you're doing it and what you're supposed to be doing i just watched it every single friday i watched it religiously every single friday and yeah we didn't have phones we didn't have all kind of stuff back then so um it was a different time but the fact that someone just said to you uh, you know, you, you walked by and saw someone who did something bigger than what you were doing and light bulb went off. Uh, and then you went from 33 to 49. That to me is insane. And, and it, it, it just gives me more uh, uh, ammunition to recognize that you were probably destined to be a coach in the mm-hmm. sense that if you can motivate yourself to do that, you can do that for others. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear more about your story. So you did, you did that with the, the coaching staff and then how did the, the Brown University opportunity come up? Like, how did you and Brown link up at all? Yeah, yeah. so I was, um, at the time, before, uh, I received a call from Tim Springfield, who was the interim uh, director at the time. And I was down at LSU. So I was down at LSU at that time, uh, you know, working with the program and working with the professional uh, athletes down there. And um, um, uh, one of the coaches down at LSU said, oh, you know, I think Brown might, you know, have a position coming up. And I will be totally honest and straightforward with everyone. I've never heard of Brown, mm. right? You know, and, and the Ivy League, especially from an athletic standpoint, because remember, I'm coming from the Power Five world, right? The University of Wisconsin, now I'm in the SEC. So it's kind of like, um, I wasn't really, from an athletic standpoint, I was not thinking of the Ivy League, right? And uh, so Brown didn't hit my radar whatsoever. So um, uh, <laughs> funny story is, Tim, Tim Springfield ended up calling me and um, um, he started just, you know, talking about Brown, you know, and, and, and what it was and, and what he found was kind of interesting. I had made a pact with myself. Now, anyone who knows me knows I cannot stand the cold. Yes, I'm from Wisconsin, but I do not like the cold yeah. whatsoever. And he's sitting here and I have one thing he's mentioning, like, you know, I'm like, you know, where, where, where are you located? Oh yeah. We're in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm like, yeah, where's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. yeah, where exactly is that at? You know, well, it's up in the Northeast, you know, but between Boston, New York, you know, like, oh, cold. Oh, okay. It's cold. Right. And he's like, but you're from Wisconsin. I said, but I'm in L I'm at in Louisiana right now. Right. right. <laughs> so, um, but he, you know, he told me, I know, you know, 
know, you know, get it as bad as Wisconsin, and I could believe that. Um, and um, um, I ended up, I ended up uh, being really intrigued by the um, how he explained what the academics and the athletic balance was for me. Because when I spent my time at um, Rufus King, I um, um, they you know, and at the high school they had a very nice balance that I always enjoyed about. Um, obviously putting that academics first, but also valuing the athletic part um, of the um, student's experience. So that really intrigued me and then um, dove more into it, realized we had an indoor facility. <laughs> so I have uh, climate control, right? Um, and um, then I spoke with um, uh, some of the athletes. I believe it was uh, um, Evan Weinstock was on that call. Um, Hannah Wallace was on that call um, that, that stick out to me, uh, especially since they were kind of in, in that event group that I was going to be coaching. And um, they spoke about kind of like just the turnover, right? Turnover of the coaches that they had and how, I, and like I said, I watch video enough and I, 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 I can feel a movement and listen to them talk. I can feel what they were expressing about what they wanted to do, what they wanted to accomplish, their athleticism that they know was deep down in there. And as a coach, I know you can't do that having a, you know, a, a carousel of coaches come through. You just can't develop any consistency. So that, that attached, uh, uh, attached to me really, really quickly. Um, and then when I got up here, I just, you know, I kind of really in, in, in enjoyed what I saw and the possibilities that could come from it. So. That is a sense of story and I don't know um <laughs> it's funny New England is cold right <laughs> for whatever it is it's 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 cold but it's also very very beautiful but yeah mm -hmm. I can definitely see you coming from LSU recognizing that uh New England cold is a different kind of cold um but I'm so glad that you decided to take that that jump and and to join the team and you know when I was a, an athlete there we had a number of people who um, were there for a long time. And I think that it definitely helped to, to build camaraderie and to build a program. And, um, it, you know, it, it's easy when you have a program that is consistent like that because people see that and they, they want to be a part of that. But when you're coming into a program that, like you said, has a lot of turnover, it can be somewhat challenging in terms of recruiting, in terms of, of keeping your athletes, in terms of building momentum. Um, so for you to come in to the program at that time and then to, to build um, upon that to be so successful. I mean, it just shows, again, more kudos to you and your coaching staff, what you guys have been able to do during this tenure. Um, and I, I've been, I, again, I've been following you guys and just seeing all, all, all the success. And it's, it's been exciting to watch because I, I always believe that, um, again, it's, it's no LSU, right? I really think it's, it's different in, the, in terms of, of the competitiveness, but you've upped the ante for the athletes. I mean, the athletes that we have now are competing on a level that is par with you know the other leagues and it's it's great to see us continue to ex elevate the game elevate the sport elevate the 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 coaching staff and even the competitiveness of of the sport in general um and that's all again kudos to your, your coaching and, and and your tenacity to make sure people are doing what they have to do um i was reading your bio again about the ann rothenberg assistant coaching chair now what exactly is your role in that and how does that uh change in terms of your, your actual coaching role okay so yeah so obviously i still have the you know my 
my event coaching responsibilities, you know, the all, all the horizontal and vertical jumps along with um, both the men and women multis. Um, but the administrative things take on a, a kind of like a, a more elevated role um, in which I will um, oversee um, more of the uh, dynamics from the speed and power standpoint. Um, so obviously that's going to include sprints and hurdles and throws with Coach Gabu and Coach Kinsley. We're going to work uh, uh, side by side to really um, um, strengthen that component of the, the program. Um, so, and obviously that there's a lot that's attached to that, right? Um, so you have uh, recruitment, which is the number one biggest, you know, um, aspect of all of that. And then within the recruiting, trying to juggle um, um, prospective student athletes and see who's on what list, you know, you know, it's, I always call um, uh, recruiting meetings kind of like the war room because every coach is going for back for who their recruit. And um, the, you know, the, the end game, the end goal is to be in those like good, you know, difficult situations, right. That we're making decisions of recruits that are very good caliber athletes and that we're trying to um, uh, bring into to the program. So, and, and that brings into like, you know, the, the difficulties of Ivy League recruiting. So, so yeah, so all the other stuff stay the same. I still got, you know, uh, 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 um, equipment duties, you know, tons and tons of emails, you know, all the sorts of, so all the other uh, administrative and logistical stuff uh, kind of stays the same. But adding that that one big part of the focus within that speed and power is gotcha. Yeah, it's funny how you're bringing back all these memories of of my recruiting process with Brown as you're talking about what's happening. And uh, you know, I wasn't. I, I was kind of like you. I I, I started track uh, later in high school because the school that I went to before didn't have a track and field program. So uh, you know, I played things like baseball and whatever else in the springtime. But when I actually got to a school that had track. My coach also just threw me in the triple jump. <laughs> he was like, just, just go out there and try it. And uh, I remember not being that good, but good enough to, to win meets. You know, there's no real form. I just, just kept just doing it. Um, and then I remember when I, um, and I wrote about this in my book, when I actually did get better at it. And I was jumping in like the 42 range, 43 range, which was good for me because I hadn't done anything. Um, and Ann saw me at a meet and I won, I won Dartmouth relays. And um, I didn't realize that and meeting her and seeing her there, that that would have been my, 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 the start of my journey into being recruited at Brown and whatever else. Um, and it just brings back to mind all the things that, that I remember meeting her and, and going through the process. And, you know, as an athlete, you're vying for yourself to all these different schools. You're, you're, you're going, I went to Princeton, I went to Harvard, I went to Penn, you know, you're, you're pushing yourself and their, their coaches are pushing for you as well. And the only reason I went to Brown is because, um, I got recruited for UPenn and I got recruited for Brown and the coach for UPenn um, left in the middle of my recruiting process. And I remember Anne was so adamant about, you wanna go to a school where the person that you're bringing in or the person who's bringing you in is gonna be there to make sure that you can have your four years with support. And when she said that to me, it was an automatic, it was game over. And then she became like a mom for me. And, that, and I, I didn't know that as a, as a coach, with all that you're doing, I know you're a father for athletes, you're, you're a brother for these athletes, you're, you're everything for them. And, you know, I think coaching for me is so, uh, um, it's such an interesting 
aspect and in, in a powerful aspect of my, my career at Brown because yes, academics were there, of course, and all the other things that were happening there. But the coach athlete interaction, that relationship is so, it's so serious. It's, it's so integral to your college experience. And um, I don't know if a lot of people who are not involved in athletes while they're in school recognize that. Um, you're, you're more than a coach, you're a mentor, you're, you're a dad, you're a brother, you're you know, a shoulder to cry on. I mean, I know people come to you for grade advice and for uh, you know, family advice and all kinds of other things. So you're, you're more than anything that even your resume can say. Um, and with that being said, I'm curious how during this season, right, this COVID-19 season where it's been so stressful for all these athletes, um, some of them who were not even able to compete this year at all, right? I know there are other conferences who have done certain things, but when it comes to um, your conference and, and, your, and your school and our school, um, there was no track and field this year. Um, how do you keep your athletes motivated during one of the most challenging times in our modern day history, what have you done to make sure these students are still, uh, uh, you know, there and still excited about coming back to school and still excited about being in the program? Um, I, I think it, it just boils down to, like I said, kind of in the beginning, it's like, just be real, right? I mean, life is going to, to throw us challenges. I mean, we, we can't get past. And I always tell them, you know, you know, coming in when they're when they're freshmen, didn't matter whether they were they were a highly recruited athlete or whether they were a walk on. You know, they all got big aspirations. And so and I always tell them that, you know, your your aspirations is always going to take a hit. Because that those aspirations are going to hit reality. And then you're going to have to realize that there's a lot of work that has to be done. There's a lot of uncertainty behind <laughs> you know, all the, you know, this path that you're getting ready to take. And you just got to be ready for it. When, 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 when we walked into this pandemic or it walked on us, right? Um, everyone were, was like, you know, oh, no one, you know, expected to, you know, uh, could be, uh, been prepared for this. And it's like, well, if you, if you prepared, you know, if you expect the unexpected, right? You, you, you can somewhat mentally cope, even though how you have to deal with it may be new and you may have to learn, you may have to, you know, uh, step up to that challenge. Um, so, I think motivating the athletes became a little bit easier for me, especially, and let me make the distinction, motivating my returning athletes who I've had a chance to see on campus and interact with, get to know them, you know, because like you were saying, that's a very, very a big part. I can't coach the athlete. I can't help the student if I don't know the person. So, you know, being able to, have the, draw those connections and have those conversations where someone's saying something to me and it's like ah you're not okay you said okay but you're not okay because you've seen them enough to kind of know and you build that rapport enough to know you know um the more challenging challenging aspect of it has been for the freshmen because our freshmen haven't even been on campus yet right. you know so they don't they don't come until this you know until you know uh 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 the January 22nd start and, you know, uh, onward through the summer. So, and they're coming into being remote and everything else. So I think that, 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 that's going to be a new facet. And then you have, you know, nothing new here, NCAA rules, right. And regulations and compliance and uh, when and how you can talk to, you know, um, the athletes and the freshmen since they're technically not enrolled, you know, all of these various, um, uh, uh, difficulties, um, with it, but the, the biggest 
motivation that I've been trying to instill is um, confidence in themselves. Um, um, not to be, you know, no pun intended here, but be more, <laughs> right? You know, um, um, uh, of yourself. And these are the opportunities to get to know yourself so often. We've had conversations within the group where this step back kind of kind of helped a lot of them to see things that if the life was going on as normal, it would have went over their heads. You know, a lot of things in our country has changed, you know, how we view and we look at things because people have had to sit down, sit back. And, but most importantly, they can see, evaluate and interpret for themselves. And I think that was the big, the big, big part of, of, of what I'm trying to motivate them to do. Yeah, that, that's key. I think that's, that's integral. And, and, and I, I know, because again, I was in that position and I'm not in these kids' positions at all because I, I can't imagine uh, not competing, you know, just because you, 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 you think about it, you've been doing this for umpteen years, every single day, it becomes a part of you, especially if you're a senior. Um, and if you're a freshman, not even recognizing, you know, what the initial thought of whatever you were thinking it was going to be like when you first stepped on campus and now recognizing that you haven't done any of those things yet. Um, yeah. It's just challenging. And, and again, I can't even imagine, but I can definitely, um, you know, have empathy for these kids. And like you said, it, it is what it is. We have to make the most of it and we got to keep pushing forward. Um, and it hasn't even been the COVID-19 stuff that's been the most challenging, I think. And you can let me know how your experience has been because you were there. Um, th this year with the cuts and the reinstallation of the men's program, um, can you talk to listeners about what exactly happened in terms of um, the recent cuts that were uh, happening with the program and, and the reinstating of the program and, and how that affected your team and, and your athletes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as, as is well noted, it was, it was a shock to everyone um, that the, that the men's program was being cut, but anyone who knows, you know, uh, the slightest thing about track and field knows that the men and women's team are, you know, woven at the seams highly connected so what help happens to one happens to the other um so it was a, a it was an extreme hit um and um two things came from that the the the, the shock right <laughs> but then for me the awe factor was how in awe it was how everybody came together and how everybody pulled to came together and 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 became like the bond was stronger you know, um, amongst the team, um, uh, men and women. Um, and, and it was some, some deep conversations that had, you know, and it's, you know, people, you know, you know, we all having conversations about how the pandemic has affected us. So now you have, you, you have that pandemic on top of the, uh, social, uh, 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 injustice awareness and issues that was going on on top of a program being cut. So everyone could now, despite what they may have been going through, can understand how this cut affected, especially our black male athletes, you know, and conversations existed from all of this, you know, and um, pain was expressed, right? Pain was expressed in, in, in ways, especially within my, 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 my group when we speak, spoke that um, wasn't revealed before and then you just get to know you get to know more about people when they when they allow themselves to be a little vulnerable right and then you know and that vulnerability allows 
is you're more comfortable to be vulnerable when you're amongst people that you trust and you, you know, you know support you. So that that was a a a hard hit for that. Um, uh, re- recruiting is going to be at, at to be seen. You know, um, I always tell a lot of people, you know, when they when they ask me about this, that it's not just <laughs> recruiting isn't just the the actual student athlete. You're recruiting the family. You're recruiting um, their coaches that all of them have grown to love and trust. I've had more calls from some of the uh, my 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 friends, but some are coaches who uh, are, are club coaches, high school coaches. Uh, wanting to know what's going on and you got to repair that as well you know because it's like they're they're in a position that they're getting they want to send their 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 athletes off to somewhere where they're going to be taken care of right and the same thing you just said that Ann told you you know you know same thing for a program right you know coach you you want your coach to be there and it's going to help see you through all your years here it's the same thing about a program so um that is a um uh, uh, a hit that that like I said that that we we, we took on the, the, the chin and now we got to see what lies a, a ahead of us because um, I I don't know if there's a clear answer to that right I don't know if there's a clear answer but uh, all I can do is be in control of what I what I know and what I'm capable of of handling as a coach and and building upon that you know yeah that's solid I know that um you know, when we first heard the news, um, a number of alumni who I haven't spoken to in years uh, reached out. And, you know, I, I'm I'm 03, but my 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 time there was to 99. So people who were 99 to 03 reached out to me and athletes who were under me reached out to me and people who were even I didn't even know. Um, just the people came, like you said, they came together on, on various platforms, on Facebook and social media and letters were written and, and, and texts were sent out. Money was raised and you know, the program was reinstated and we were so when, when we heard the news, literally both both announcements, we heard that the cut was was done. We got a letter from the president about it. You know, a, a certain shock and sadness came to me and I, I haven't run, you know, in 20, 20 years, you know, um, but just to think that there, that outlet would not have been there. Um, Brown and track to me is, is synonymous. There's no Brown University for me without track and field because that was my experience there. And, and, and vice versa. So I just know for anyone who was there and is there, separating those two would have been devastating. And like you said, the men's and women's teams, they're one team, you know, there, there's, no, there's no triple jump without me having a female training partner and vice versa for, for all the other events. So um, I'm so happy that the program was reinstated. I'm so happy that it continues to go on. Um, but we are seeing, um, and I know you've seen this more than I have because you're in the trenches, a number of programs across the country are being targeted. It wasn't just Brown University. It was a number and has been and continues to be a number of programs, but in particular men's programs that are being cut across the country. Um, what are your thoughts on the sport, track and field, moving in the next 10 years? Do you see um, the continuing cuts of these programs? Do you feel like there is hope that the programs can be revitalized. I mean, we were looking at a, a sport that, like you said, has been one of the oldest sports known to man. You know, when we talk about the Olympics, track and field is, is one of those sports. There are a number of things that have come after that that have become Olympic sport, but track and field from the foundation of how we've been as athletes has always been that thing, running. You know, it, it's, the, it's constant in every single sport. 
So the fact that these things are being cut and the fact that the programs are being um, reduced in various places around the country, what are your thoughts as a coach in terms of the next 10 years uh, looking at track and field in the future and how are you um, assessing your status and the status of other programs and how we should be pro progressing into the next couple of years? Yeah, and, and you know, uh, with, with the various cuts and, and everything of the, of the programs, you know, uh, many institutions have given various reasons, right? You know, the Browns reason for, for, for doing what they did is, is different for what Clemson is is the expression of what the University of Minnesota has expressed. So um, um, I, and this is just my opinion of, alone, I feel like, personally, I feel like, you know, track and field can, is like the, you know, well, for some programs, it seems to be the, the, the easiest programs to kind of cut because I think when administrators are doing these sort of things, they also have to look at potential blowback. Of course, they're going to expect people to be sad. Of course, of course, of course they're going to expect people to be mad. But how many? <laughs> right? And and how forceful uh, uh, of a um, a blowback are they going to get? And you know, let's be honest. You know, not only is our track, our sport, track and field, one of the oldest. It's the um, it's the most readily available for those who are not of, 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 of a certain status in our, in our society. So, you know, money moves. I always say that, you know, money moves. And a lot of times people aren't going to make certain decisions if it's going to affect money. So it's just the reality of it. And I think that that's a, a hit uh, that you take sometimes um, um, with our sport um, because it is, it is catered to, to anyone who, who's willing to get out there, lace them up and go at it, right? You don't need any, you know, special fancy equipment or, or expensive equipment, you don't need that, you know? So I think that that, that took a, a, a real hit. And then in the next two, 10 years, it's, it's gonna remain to be seen. But I think if as a track of field community, and like you mentioned, it's not just me as a current coach, it's former coaches, it's former student athletes, it's alumni, everyone, and not just at our institutions, it says that we have to, we have to bond as a sport, you know? We have to bond as a sport and, and realize that it's not just about the sport and you, you hit this right on the nail. It's the opportunities that the sport allow people to have. And that is what's really threatened, right? So when we get down to it, it's the opportunities for people that is being threatened, not just the sport and it, it goes real real big into that you know you mentioned it men and women at you know uh, uh, at, at practices and training together and everything else it's like if you if if you really if we want to embody how sports in general can can give life skills to growing young adults you don't want to take those you don't want to take those opportunities away you know um, and our sports is, you know, man, it's so diverse, <laughs> right? In so many aspects that you, you're taking lots and lots of opportunities away. Yeah. So I'm hoping in 10 years, next 10 years, we can, we can bond to uh, come together as a collective community and, and let that be the true message that needs to be kept out there. Yeah. Well said, sir. Well said. Folks, if you're just joining us, this is episode 42 of Be More Today. So season two, I'm here with uh, Coach uh, Ken Hunt, he is the 
associate head coach in track and field and the Ann Rothenberg assistant coaching chair. And he is, uh, I can say now, a, a friend of mine. We, we live similar lifestyles in the sense that we both are triple jump crazy people. And uh, <laughs> uh, Coach Kenja, thank you so much for joining me today. I have a couple more questions for you. And the first question is, is pretty simple because it just really is more about you. Um, soon to be father, uh, coach, uh, athlete. Um, you, you, you wear a lot of different hats, but you also have a lot of different, if you will, if I'll say, uh, children, right? All, all your athletes are pretty much your, your kids, your babies, um, which means that's a lot of stories. A lot of stress can actually come on you from having to um, juggle all the different tasks that you're, you're having to do. How do you balance everything? How do you decompress? What do you do to make sure that you can be your best uh, for your athletes, even for your family? Okay. So, so one big thing about me as well is I, I have a lot of things that I, I make sure that I speak, you know, speak kind of into existence. So I never refer to any of my athletes as anything less than what they are, young adults, <laughs> you know, and we do a lot of times because, you know, words matter, right? And I always tell this, like if any of the, any coaches come around me and they know it and they'll say, oh, I'm getting ready to go to practice with the kids. I was like, you coach kids? You know, I always say that because what we are expecting and what we are helping these these young adults to do is be adults, right? Grow into themselves and be who they are. So our language matters. I do the same thing when it, when we're in a group. I refer to the, my group as squad or crew. I don't say guys, especially if I have you know you know uh, 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 individuals that identify as as women in in my group. It's like I will, I, I have to acknowledge the existence of everyone. I would do, we, and we do the reverse. If we had a whole room full of women and that one guy, you will not say, hey, ladies. You will acknowledge the existence of that one guy that's sitting in that room or in that group. And we have to do it the reverse as well. So I'm very cautious of my language and, and the word choice that I'm using. Um, and to be honest with you, that's probably how I decompress. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't. I don't necessarily feel like I have to step away from anything, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like what you was going off of, 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 of earlier about, you know, things to be learned and things and implementing things you learned. It's like, um, that's, that's within the moment sometimes. Um, now I have lots of outlets that help me decompress like, and, you know, she's always there, you know, there, she probably gets sick of me hitting her up with something and I'll send a quick little text. Are you free? She knows what that means. I right, want to talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. So, um, so that, that has helped. She has been like a great, great influence on me here. Obviously uh, uh, my wife, my family, um, you know, and, and stepping away from the athletes is not decompressing because I, I, I am saying because of them. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they're, they're, they're that kind of, it's that kind of, uh, 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 I don't know what, what, what the best word for it, but um, um, uh, situation that I, 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 I literally do not find myself um, stressed too often. I, I really, I really don't. I, I actually feel like st uh, stress is kind of like a unuseful <laughs> feeling, <laughs> you know, so I'm not even going to think about it. There's something I can do that's productive right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked about, you know, we talked about the freshmen and the seniors. So yes, you know, I talked about the freshmen, even with the seniors. Yes. You, you know, you still have some seasons that might be gained from an eligibility standpoint, 
maybe we can use that as a grad year. Can't do it in Ivy League, but let's see what we can find out for you. You know, so there's still things to be done within the situation. If you breathe, take a collect, you know, after that collective sigh, take a look at it. Um, and I think this probably, like I said, probably why I was probably meant to be a coach, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because just the way that I, I kind of um, uh, internalize, internalize things and, and kind of just see them, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I, I, I hear that. Um, now, it's funny. So, you know, I, I love Ann and Ann, um, I had coaches in high school, but Ann was, was the best coach I've ever had, clearly. Um, but I was always curious how Ann was able to show me how to do stuff and she had never done it, right? Um, I, I was amazed by it because I know she went to these classes and did training and used experience and, and, and honed her craft so she, she can coach someone to do something that she actually can't do, which to me is in, incredible and amazing, right? Um, but I'm curious for you because you have run, you, you ran, right? You, you ran, you jumped, and the thing that you're showing your athletes, you actually have done. Do you think that that puts you in a different or a, 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 a better position in terms of coaching? Do you feel like a coach needs to have that experience on the field and to apply that off the field? Because I mean, this is all for all sports, right? It's about basketball, whatever else. There are a number of people who coach um, who may or may have played the game, right? Mm-hmm. And some have played the game and some have ran, ran the races and some have not. Do you think that gives you an edge over other coaches who have not done those things? Or do you feel like, hey, a coach is a coach and if you can inspire someone to do something, then you can get them to do whatever you need them to do? It 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 doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they did it. You know, like I said, a, co- a coach, a coach is a coach. And I look at it like this: What? When does that ball move, right? So if you're saying, "Oh, you need to," and you get, you will get some athletes that feel like this. They feel like they, they sometimes feel if I talk more to that elite athlete that's performing on a certain level more so than the coach, I can reach that level that they're at. Those two, that's two different, two different perspectives. <laughs> you know, two different perspectives of trying to get to the same spot, right? And um, um, that's the, the biggest thing that that one would ha- they want to be able to remove themselves. Now, and you got to remember, even me starting out, I had never done it. Did it? It took me watching video and thinking about how that might feel. And so, if I did it to get involved in the sport, anybody can can do that. Oh, I imagine what that would feel. like. I wonder, imagine what it should, um, what should come from it, you know? And um, there's, there's many ways that come to come at inspiring someone. And I think as a coach, if you can inspire and motivate um, to get, you know, you know, student athletes to um, uh, 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 embark on, a, a, a goal or vision and not like, like be distracted by being distracted, <laughs> you know, that, that anybody can do that. You know, anybody can do that. So I, 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 I always will push back from the standpoint that, you know, a coach has to have done it, you know? And like I said, the ball moves, right? So if you're going to say that, you know, I, as a triple jumper, I did the triple jump. So therefore I, I inherently may be able to coach it better well, what happens over time? What if new developments, new, new, new knowledge, new everything is, is gained, right? 
I can no longer do the triple jump when I'm 60, right? So it's not the same. Can I not coach it now? Can I not coach triple jump now because it has changed? You know what I'm saying? So when does that ball move of people moving out of being able to actually coach it? So I, I feel like it it boils down to that that special quality that coaches have to have in order to inspire. Got it. If you were not coaching, sir, what would you be doing? Oh, if I <laughs> so I definitely think that if I was not coaching, one of my biggest biggest passions we were not coming up was to be a state trooper i actually wanted to be a state trooper even now i'm kind of fascinated my my mentor from wisconsin is a, a sheriff deputy and um um that's that i always thought that, that was where i was going to go because I, I, again i i grew up inner city milwaukee wisconsin um going through school never never thought about college i ended up being the first generation Hmm. Um, and the only reason we talk about opportunities, the only reason why not only did I get into college, I even had an aspiration of what college was, was because of track and field hmm. and the avenues and everything and opportunities that it opened up to me. And I was fortunate enough to go into my first year in college where I had mentors, you know, up there, from, you know, Craig up in uh, University of Wisconsin to my coaches that um invested in 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 me you know um and um yeah so i i definitely would have been my path uh that i would have would have chosen um i like to joke around with the athletes a little bit and tell them that it might have been a comedian you know (laughs) but they always tell me no because you're the only one that laugh at your jokes but (laughs) you know i said well they gotta start somewhere right um but yeah, so that that definitely probably would have been. Cool. And what's one thing you want to start for this new year, 2021? To start, um, I think it's, it's probably already start for me. You know, right now I'm, you know, thinking of ways that I can um, um, be ready as a, as a father, you, you know, um, um, and preparing that. And uh, for me, I'm always about... Um, uh, understanding um, self more um, and anything for me that going to help me better understand what what space mental space I need to be in to be and to give other people opportunities to to reach that same kind of like space because I feel like I'm, I'm in a very good uh, position of of knowing who I am. And a lot of people who's on that search, that can be, you know, that can be a gloom and doom kind of process, you know, when you're trying to figure things out. Um, and I, and I, and I think for me going into this new year with those who are in my circle, though, who may come across, I want to um, um, help them in, 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 in ways that I was helped to achieve who they're, they're meant to be. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of just who I am. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Last major question for you. So we have this platform, Be More Today. It's, it's my mantra. It's, you know, I wrote a whole book about Be More Today and my experiences running track at Brown and, and, and my other experiences in life. But track for me, it just, just made my life um, integrally uh, just better um, as a person, as, as a 
as a, as a physical therapist, as a father, um, as someone who sees adversity in various ways and just tries to inspire other people just to be the best version of themselves, it, it became that, that thing for me. And the mantra, Be More Today, is something that we ask everybody on the show, what it means to them. So Coach Ken, for 2021, uh, what do you think the phrase Be More Today means to you? Um, if I threw one word in it, it would be growth, right? It would be growth. Being, being more today uh, uh, allows for great opportunities and possibilities tomorrow. And um, seizing the moment that we, we have, um, sidestepping any sort of fears of what might, you know, uh, come ahead of us, be more today. And I think there's, there's no greater um, important phrase for each one of us, like I said, and, and previously individually to grow within ourselves so that we are in better positions to help other people be more tomorrow. So. Well said, sir. Any, any final tips you want to share with aspiring coaches, uh, aspiring track and field, collegiate runners, um, or anything you want to share for anyone listening right now? Uh, be humble and give, you know, and um, um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, those who make a habit of, 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 of giving um, receive more and they don't even realize until they look back on things because they weren't spending their times worried about receiving. Um, so I think, you know, for, you know, upcoming, you know, coaches, even some of the, the, those that I'm trying to help out that, you know, based off of who've helped me, um, stay the course, you know, stay the course is not going to be easy. Anything worth having isn't. Um, and uh, for the inspiring uh, collegiate athletes, you know, in our, our, our new norms, uh, that's to be, um, stay inspired. You know, stay inspired and, 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 and um, the best is yet to come. Awesome. Awesome. Coach Ken, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Uh, you've made episode 42, one for the books. I really, really appreciate it. I'm going to continue to follow you and, and, and your movement with the run track field program. I really, really am impressed with all you've done. And uh, I, I, again, I, I've, I've seen you from afar, but um, mm-hmm. I hope that one day soon I can see you in person and we can really connect. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, uh, this opportunity to, to become part of the family here. Um, and um, yeah, great things are, are, are ahead of us. Awesome. Coach, where can people connect with you on social media or otherwise? Um, right now, um, uh, probably the ideal place will be our Insta- Instagram page, um, uh, uh, brown underscore jumps. Um, I post a lot of things there and obviously on our track and field websites, which is also on Instagram and on Facebook is just Brown track and field and cross country. So. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. Really appreciate it. And for those of you who forgot, I quote from the beginning of the show with the right mindset, we can't lose. We either practice what we've learned or learn what we need to practice. Go out there folks. And if you're a runner, if you're a jumper, a sprinter, a hurler, whatever you are, Make sure you're still harnessing your crafts because you never know when it's time for you to hop back on that field and do what you have to do. And if you're not a runner, right, if you're someone who goes out there and is your nine-to-five daily job or whatever you're doing, look, it's the same mindset. Get out there. Make sure that this is the year we can just be better. We can be more. 2020 is finally behind us. Uh, let's make the most of every single day. We're alive to do it. So go, go out there and make the most of everything that you have to do in your life. Uh, for those who, who want to follow us Be More Today, still just watch us on Be More Today page, be more today.com for our book, music, 
podcast information, of course. And if you want to be a supporter or a sponsor, um, you can go on there and you can donate or support us in the movement of the podcast. We really appreciate all the love and support we've gotten so far. And we will continue to move forward in 2021 with that same vigor, that same spirit, that same energy for the rest of this year. Uh, if you want to see somebody else on the show that you have in mind or you want to give suggestions or just share your thoughts, Email us at be more today. That's be more number two day at gmo.com. Or feel free to send me a message on any of my social media platforms. I see everything. So send me whatever you want to send me. I'll get back to you. Uh, the Words for Life podcast is every single Wednesday, as you guys know. So you can watch out for that as well. And for those of you who joined us for this episode today, thank you so, 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 so much. And as I always say, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace.